I know who I am. When we are finished with you, you'll no longer be yourself. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Matt Goes to the Movies, and we are here to cap off the Jason Bourne series that started with the Bourne identity, ran through the Bourne legacy, and now we are here at the 2016 release of Jason Bourne. Uh, four years after the Bourne legacy, it looked like it might take the franchise in a different direction, uh, but due to some, you know, mild box office results and in, in word of mouth and reviews. Uh, Matt Damon came back. Uh, the question's going to be, was that for the better? Um, as Harrison and Rob join the show again today uh, for this episode. But an interesting thing is this was going to be pitched that uh, Jeremy Renner's character was going to be in this movie. Uh, scheduling conflicts kind of put the kibosh on that, uh, but also uh, the director really just wanted this to focus on Jason Bourne again. Um, and again, I, I'm i not going to tip my hat too much, but I don't know if that was for the best. So as always, Rob Harrison, welcome back. But I'm going to be very interested to see what you guys have to say. Uh, Harrison, I know you've expressed a few thoughts, but Rob, like some of these other movies, I'm I'm not quite sure where you stood uh, on this movie. So a lot of this will be completely fresh to hear what your guys' thoughts are. So welcome back. Thank you. I am. I don't have much to say, but what I have to say, I'm excited <laughs> to talk about. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We had, right before we hit record, we were sort of talking about this. Um, you know, I write a lot of notes, just stuff I want to make sure I remember. You know, when you're watching feature length films, sometimes, you know, especially when you get in, in, a, in a dialogue with somebody else about it, you know, it really just helps to kind of jog your memory about the, the big points or just the interesting moments. And I really struggled to have like anything like that was super noteworthy where I was like, oh, yeah, that's like a really salient thought that I just had because there's the movie happens and it was over and I, I enjoyed my time with it. Absolutely. I, I wasn't like, wow, I can see why I avoided this film for so long. Uh, I was glad that I watched it. Um, I don't know that this one will stick with me as long or be as appealing to rewatch as say the first three or certainly maybe even the first four. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a good point. I mean, uh, our boy, Jason finally, uh, you know, he got himself a, a little plot of land out there with the Sand Raiders from Star Wars and, you know, ha has been low key, uh, per per participated in, in bum fights and bare knuckle boxing and and all these other things. Uh, he he, he left that life like a delivery driver. He had to be a bare knuckle boxer, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. He, you know, he left that he left that life behind. But, you know, uh boy, he, he gets, he gets pulled back in at, at no fault of his own. And I'm just gonna, I'm going to start off this conversation by saying this movie's completely unnecessary, which is a shame, <laughs> which, which is a shame because I was so excited to get Jason Bourne back. And again, a lot of my thoughts where listeners, if you know, you've listened to the the Bourne Legacy episode, a, a lot of my thoughts on when Jason Bourne was released was I wasn't particularly thrilled with the Bourne Legacy. I really wanted to see this character back and see what he was doing. And I should have just left it up to my imagination and kind of wish the the writers would have too, because this doesn't feel to me like a continuation what this feels like to me is the third one remade it feels like a remake remaster mm. of a video game where they add some things to the story and give it a fresh coat of paint for the graphics this this does not feel like a continuation of the series for me it feels like a reboot right down to a lot of the same dialogue that happens um 
and I'm, I'm, I'm curious to, to get your guys thoughts. Uh, Rob, I'll let you go first because uh, again, similar to legacy, is this a first time watch for you? Yes. Uh, watch this, okay. uh, last night for the first time. And, you know, I found it to be very formulaic to the previous entries and you really notice it when you've watched them back to back to back, or at least within the last, you know, couple weeks of each other, it doesn't break any new ground, which is sad because there's so much that this series did that was interesting and compelling, uh, prior to this. Um, if you like the previous four Jason Bourne films, particularly if you like the first three, should you watch this one? If you never have, well, yes, it's, if you like those other movies, you're going to like this movie because it's kind of more of the same kind of like how, you know, the force awakens is pretty much just a new hope with new characters. Um, it, it, it feels very much like you can see the plot points happening, that the same thing happens. And then when you get to the end of the movie, you hear the Moby song and you go about your day and you were pretty happy. Um, the first three, you know, they really do feel like a one complete story where this entry, you know, it feels like that father character is really only introduced just as a way to initiate the conflict of the film. You know, it does, it feels like it kind of comes out of nowhere. Like at no point did his father you know, factor into the first three films that we saw Jason in. It just kind of feels like, Hey, we got to figure out a reason to, to get Jason pissed off and killing CIA agents. And we got to, you know, find a conspiracy to have them send more assets after him that are just going to be left dead in a pile. And then there'll be a car chase at the end and some really cool Krav Maga. And uh, then Moby, you know, like it's just, yeah, <laughs> that that's, that's kind of my thoughts. Yeah. That's, that's part of the reason why I feel like this feels like, a remake of the third movie is because it doesn't reinvent the wheel. Um, but Harrison, I've, I, I've said my piece, so to speak on this. Um, certainly there's more, but I'll let you get your initial thoughts out there. Uh, this is a movie that like, so I, I will admit I'm the one who messed up the schedule. That's why it's taken us so long to record this, but I was kind of glad that I didn't have to watch this movie. So when we got back around <laughs> to scheduling it, I was like, I was kind of busy and I'm like, well, I've seen this. I could just look up a YouTube clip, read the summary on IMDb and call it good. Like I was so tempted to do that uh, because I just really don't like this movie. Um, and I, to me, the biggest reason is the entire thing feels pointless from a production standpoint to a story standpoint to it, it is without life and it is, I hate watching it. Wow. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, geez, almighty. Um, you know, I think, and it might have stood out a little bit more to me because watching this so close. Now, when I first saw it, I, I certainly didn't hate it, but I was certainly like, okay, like I went opening weekend to go see this because I was so excited. Um, I actually went opening day um, to go see this movie. And like it got done. I was like, all right, whatever. Like it, it was good to see him back. But, you know, watching it again now, I think it's a little bit more obvious to me why I, you know, don't like it the second time around. Or I think this is like the third time I've actually seen this movie, um, especially watching it so close to Born Legacy, because I thought Born Legacy, you know, prior to my previous thoughts really did do a good job of feeling different while still, you know, respecting the world that created it. Um, where again, Rob, you said it, this just feels very like for like it follows a formula that we've seen before. It doesn't do anything new and it just, not only does it not do anything new, but again, I can't stress this enough it just reuses so many of the same things from the born ultimatum, um, you know, including the, you know, the very laughable meme, Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. Like it, <laughs> you know, like it's funny when I see it in memes and it's a cat that like jumps off of a ledge or something like that, but it just felt completely unnecessary. Um, and I, I think it's just, on the forefront even more after watching these movies so close together, there's really no room to sit there and say, 
well, I don't really remember those other ones, so this does feel kind of different to me. Um, it just, for all intents purposes, I, I don't, besides money, I don't know why this movie got made. The story and the premise in general are really just very weak in terms of things that, you know, I, I think with without spending like half an hour of the show discussing it, we could all come up with premises that we would have loved to have seen more for mm-hmm. this fifth film. And and the obvious one they even discuss her trying to recruit him back into the agency. Imagine. Yeah. That. I mean. I would I would have loved for this film if they could. And obviously you mentioned that they couldn't make it work with Jeremy Renner. Maybe it's the sixth film. If they ever decide they want to do it, they recruit him back in the agency to somehow they, they convince him to come in to go after uh, Aaron Cross, you know, yep. and and he's enhanced where Jason isn't. He's just the baddest that's ever been. Like how much more compelling of a general story is what I just laid out, and I'm just a moron, by the way. Like, <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I, I've never received a dime from anybody in Hollywood to come up with a script. You know, it's been 15 years since I even put anything in a screenplay format. Um, like, it's been and Hollywood a hasn't been the same since. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so. And yet this was the story they came up with. And it's just kind of like, all right, well, you guys saw the first four. Uh, Damon's back. You, uh, we're, we're pretty sure you're going to come see this. And and it just feels kind of lazy because by all accounts, everything we've seen up to this point about Jason is that he just wants to be left alone. Like, right. He's almost like the Incredible Hulk. Like the, the army keeps coming after the Hulk and he's like, Hulk just want to be left alone, you know, and like. It's their fault that he keeps smashing stuff because they won't leave him alone. And over and over again, the CIA keeps coming after Jason Bourne. He just wants to be left alone. They kill his girlfriend and they come after him. And then he's like, well, now I have to kill all you. Sorry, MFers. And that's just kind of like that's that's the series. It it also just feels really ridiculous too. like I know they explain it. But it's just it feels so ridiculous to go after him after all of this time, like at least in the at least in the first three movies, you understood why they wanted to come after him, because those things took place. Like when you actually look and see the timeline of the first three movies, they're so close together. You know what I mean? Like they're so close together. Um, So it makes sense that they would continue to pursue him. But this movie and I've seen conflicting things. So guys, correct me if I'm wrong. I've for whatever reason, is it 10 or 12 years that's passed? The information I'm looking at says 12, which makes it even more ridiculous because it's like, okay, 12 years later, we got to go get that born. He could expose us. He hasn't exposed you for three presidential administrations. I thought oh, I thought the way that it lined up, and that, that's funny how it's there's three <laughs> Olympic cycles have gone through. You've had three summer games that Jason Bourne has not exposed you, and now all of a sudden you decide he could though. Right. Well, th- this was the year that they took curling out of the Olympics, so they knew Jason would go ape shit, <laughs> like and just be upset. But um, yeah, like I thought in the movie it established that it was ten years that it's been, but like either timeline, it's just why now he has not done anything. Nobody knows where he is. He hasn't made a splash. He's just, again, like he lives out in the desert and does whatever it is. He does, does bare knuckle fighting to, to make money and stay alive. Um, so why bother him? Like it just, it makes no sense. And even, it was nice to see Nikki Parsons back. I thought she did a good job, but even these new characters, I was not impressed. Like the way that Tommy Lee Jones, and again, just for me acts in this movie, it's, it's like he dropped a bagel on the ground and he's just like, (laughs) you know, he's like, uh, there goes my raisin bagel. I guess I'll eat this salty. Like, I don't know. He's just, like nobody's interesting in this movie to me. They're really not. I, I mean, I was going to say that that even we talked about how this in the previous films, how the relationship between Jason Bourne mm-hmm. and Nikki Parsons, there was something that seemed like it could be there. And mm-hmm. what a wasted opportunity. 
Like totally wasted. Absolutely, completely wasted. And the other thing that I say that just is wasted on this, like what just a waste of time in a story. Like, sure, a story is technically told. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Like they got more than Michael Bay does at some points, but like, is the world changed? <laughs> is is a character changed? Is the organization of the CIA really changed even? Like from beginning to end, has anything changed or progressed? Has there been growth, which is like the point of characters in stories? Like that's a basic lesson you learn in screenwriting 101 is between the end and the or between between the beginning and the end, something or someone has needed to change. And I mm-hmm. don't see a single way that the, the end of the movie is in any character or anything is in a different position than it was at the beginning. Yeah, even the ending in general, when you compare it to like to the other ones, to me, this ending falls flat. Like it's completely it's completely uninteresting to me. Um, And even Jason Bourne himself in this movie, I, I I can't exactly pinpoint it or figure out how I want to describe it. But even Jason Bourne in this movie is not as interesting to me or as appealing to me as those other three movies. Like, it's just weird. Like, I found myself not going like, oh, yeah, Jason Bourne. I was just like, yeah, all right. Like, Jason Bourne. Like, I I just I don't know what it is. But yeah, this this movie, boy, it. I don't really know what to say, so I, I, I'm going to let you guys try I, I, and drive Jason any Bourne, of the notes that you have. I, this is what I said. He has no purpose. He has no purpose. Like, like, they contrive some idea about his dad, but, like, like, this guy's been moving on with his life for 12 years. You really think that, like, some details about his dad that may or may not be concrete is really going to draw him back in. Like, there's just... I don't know. I feel like what could have drawn him back in is Nikki Parsons' character or trying to get yes. him back mm-hmm. in, in yep. the agency. And and instead, they create this dumb idea with his dad that means nothing, that's out of nowhere, that was never mentioned or anything, and it's just it's boring, and the character feels unmotivated. He doesn't feel like we're in the past films, and we praise this a lot. He felt like he was a character that was... He had the, He was a character that had the balls to call her from the window and be like... You look tired. You should get some sleep or whatever he said. Like that was the character. And now it's just like some grungled old man who's like, well, I'm just going to open this door super fast and knock you out. Like, Mm -hmm. I I, I, I don't know. Just his life in the movie seems purposeless. And it's like they try to mention that in addressing him as a character. But it it's like just because you call out the badness of your character motivation at this point doesn't make it better. And there's so many characters from the previous three, you know, true Jason Bourne movies, you know, not not discounting all um, legacy, but the films that we've seen with Jason in it, you know, other than Nikki, that's really the only one that carries through. And it, there's so many other things I would have liked to have seen um, and just kind of see that that progression happen. Um, but, yeah, the, the whole situation with Nikki, I wanted to know more about what was going on there because there was there was some kind of relationship that was hinted at in the third film that I I would have loved to have seen that explored more that could have been the reason to draw him back in but mm-hmm. you know it, this is one of those things that because these films to some extent are formulaic even though the you know the the first four were were much more entertaining this one, you can you can literally see the paint by numbers as you're watching it. Like when he's they're they're getting towards the final big set piece action scene, and the asset is is dressed as um, you know a, a, a serving staff member, and uh, you see him walk up to the SWAT guy, and he just instead of escaping, he decides he's going to stab him and steal the SWAT truck. Like I'm like that makes no sense at all. Like why why is he doing that? And, and you know that the entire reason he does that is because we haven't seen a SWAT truck yet, an armored vehicle as part of a chase scene in a Jason Bourne movie. Like that's, I'm sitting there and I immediately recognize that that's what it was. Like that was the whole reason that he stabbed that dude instead of just running off with the crowd to try to find another way to take Jason out. Like you can see, okay, no, they're just setting up an action scene. 
that's the whole reason. That's the entire reason that happened. Yeah. And it, it, it definitely felt like this one where we praise the kind of controlled nature of the first three movies in, you know, these movies aren't big, gigantic, like action set pieces. And not that this one had it, but it definitely felt again, at least to me, that they didn't really have anything. So there were things that happened in this movie, Rob, like you just pointed out that were, well, we need to do something different because we don't have anything like we don't have anything else. So we kind of have to like, we're under the mentality that like, Oh, well, bigger is better. And, And that was never what the first three movies were about. It was because to me, they were so simple in a manner of speaking that made them so appealing. And, we and even Pamela Landy, like how much would we got her in the fourth film? I would have loved to have seen what happens with her because that's somebody that Jason would have trusted and exploring. He's still on the outside, but he's, he's got a little bit of trust with her exploring where that could have gone would have been so much more compelling than what we got. Mm-hmm. And even when they do set up a cool action sequence, like they do, like, of course it's an action movie. You got to set up your action sequences. Like, I'll give you grace for that. Like, yeah, we never have seen a SWAT armored vehicle in a chase scene in a Jason Bourne movie. What a cool idea. Like, genuinely, like, set that up right. That's a sweet, that could have been my favorite action scene ever. And you decide that nobody knows how to hold a camera still. And then make sure that when you edit, no scene gets longer than two seconds. If you can tell which way the car or the character's facing, you got to cut faster. And, and it's it, it, it's stupid. Like, they did so much stuff practically. There's this awesome, uh, if anyone's ever seen him on YouTube, Corridor Crew. They did a stuntman react, and they reacted to this. They did so much stuff practically on the strip. And if I remember right, there was a lot of scenes where they were filming it with the charger that, that Matt Damon's driving where um, they actually couldn't close down part of the strip. So they had like a stunt driver and they're like, hey, you know, be as careful as you can. Not all of these cars out here are stunt drivers. Uh, so be careful. <laughs> like, I don't know how real that is. I don't know if that's I don't even know if that's legal, but they said that in, in the reaction to it. And and like e- even that scene where when the charger is up on the SWAT car and it like crashes into the thing like the the split second that you get to see it it looks awesome so like why would who decided it would be better to cut it up into pieces where you can't really tell what's going on like do i really need you to micro cut scenes of jason born inside the car as it smashes down to the ground because it was plowed into a overhead neon light thing by swatch truck no i don't like just let me watch it tumble to the ground and that is enough it you it, micro cut is the absolute way to describe it. Um, it. It is just so choppy in this movie, more so than any other movie. Um, but, you know, Rob, I, you said it towards the beginning and, and maybe because they couldn't get him. Uh, there just seems to be so many more interesting premises that this movie could have gone with. Um, you know, even without being able to get Jeremy Renner back, it just feels like, again, you, you know, if you wanted to bring him back and they were still chasing him or something like that, you just because so many years had passed from the third movie to the fourth movie, it doesn't mean you have to make that in real time. You didn't have to make this 10 years later. You could have tried to do something. Maybe Jason comes back because... They are, you know, trying to rebuild treads. I I don't know, but it just felt like there was so many other things that they could have done. They could have picked up, you know, after the born legacy. Um, And I I don't know. I, I just it seems like there were so many more things that they could have done with this, but they just chose the easiest path. When it's almost like you imagine in a writer's room, you get a bunch of people together and say, hey, guys, great news. Matt Damon has agreed to do another Jason Bourne. Uh, We've got the director he wants to work with. Let's come up with some ideas. What do you got? And they just sat around with like a big, you know, Tim Hortons take 10 of coffee. And they just plowed through story ideas. And they wrote a (laughs) bunch of them on the whiteboard. 
And then somebody screwed up and went with the one that they wrote down as their 20th favorite storyline. And that's what they wrote the script around. Like there's so many little things about it too. That doesn't make sense. So why would a highly trained spy pick lines of work that would expose him in, in ways that would draw eyeballs on him? Like, I watch a lot of combat sports. Nobody just one shot somebody regularly. Like you don't just like two punch combo knockout people regularly the way that he does in these bare knuckle fights. Like that's a great way to get noticed. Like that would be on YouTube immediately, like immediately. And people would start figuring out like, oh, hey, wait, there's Jason Bourne. Hey, what asset do we have in that country? Okay, he's on a plane and now he's going to get killed too. Like, that's just like, it just feels like he's smarter than that. And if that was the story they wanted to tell us, because the one thing I will say is both the way they they show uh, Bourne and Nikki, they both look like hell. They both look tired. They both look stressed. They both look like they're not happy. Um, they're not, you know, leading fulfilling lives. And, and what's interesting about that is like Julia Stiles and Matt Damon are like very attractive people. So to make them look as crappy as they were able to do, like, that's, that's like, you know, that's intentional. Um, give us a reason for that. Have us, have us see him struggling with PTSD, have us see him struggling with alcoholism or something like that as a result of the PTSD that drives him to just be destructive. Like, you know, he does this cause he doesn't actually care if he lives or dies. Cause he's, he's on the run anyways. And he's tired of hiding. Like that is so much more interesting to me than what we got. And it's not even alluded to, like, I'm just kind of reading between the lines. Like what could they have done? Tell us that show us something about that. It makes more sense than what we got. Yeah, I think that's a good point with they did. Uh, I will certainly back that statement of they made these two characters just look like hell. Um, But that could have been really interesting that, you know, even though he walked away and they haven't pursued him, what, you know, what kind of life does he have? You know, and maybe that could have been the interesting story with him actually really struggling of whether or not like that could have been the weight of maybe he comes back to the program because what else do I have? Like he hasn't found. Yeah. Like he hasn't found another love interest. He doesn't have any friends. Like what is the point of his life? Like realistically, what is it? Um, and that could have been a really interesting concept of would he go back to this life? Because at the end of the day, this is all he like, this is all he knows. And he tried to leave it behind. Um, but it just, it doesn't, it it doesn't work. Maybe show him thinking is, you know, maybe that would be a hard topic, but a suicidal or whatever the case may be, because he has nothing. And that's how they try to get him back into the program of, you know, look at your life, Jason, what do you have? Like when you were with us, you had purpose. We can give that to you again, like all of those things. But no, instead, like I said, to me, they just, they, they made a remake of the third movie. And a horrible one too. Like, like, like nothing is improved upon or made interesting in any way. I, I have my note here. Alicia Vikander, her, I mean, she, phenomenal actress. My wife and I love her. Heather Lee, that character. What is she supposed to be? Is she good? Is she bad? Am I rooting for her or against her? What is her motivation? Besides, the only thing that I can come up with is this, like, selfishness and wanting to advance in the program and, you, and manipulating Jason Bourne to do that for herself. But, like, what? what as a character, what am I supposed to think of her? Because I don't know. Because even at the beginning, Tommy Lee Jones says to her, you know, this this isn't, you know, don't ask for this because it's personal. But then that's never explained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And it's one of the things, too, um, for a government age, you know, one of the things in the, the first three and even the Born Legacy 
these characters now seem very dumb compared to the the first three movies. If we're just taking the Jason Bourne movies where he is front and center, some of these characters, like these government officials and everything, to me, they do not seem as smart as the characters that we got that were controlling things in the first couple of movies because they really did. You know, they tried to cover their tracks. They tried to clean up, clean things up. Um, it's just, again, like you said, uh, Rob, Jason's just the the best agent they've ever had. Um, that's why they're so gung-ho on shutting him down. But I don't know. They just, the characters going after Jason in this movie did not feel as as smart and like Wiley as I thought they were portrayed in the first three movies. I, I don't think so at all. And, and like, even like the, um, the goons that are coming after him, if you want to call them or like the henchmen or the assets, like, like I never really felt like Jason Bourne had to really fight or try to be ahead where the other films, he never felt like he was really outwinning them. Like he really felt like he was reacting to things and it made everything so much more intense where here is just like, there's just a walk in the park for him. Like it, nothing feels like it's, it, it it's him reacting to anything. He's just going for a stroll. You know what? I, I think the word that you use there is, is perfect. You use the word henchman and the first three movies, these weren't henchmen. They were, assets that were a physical problem for born you saw he had to take licks you saw he you know got hurt during these battles um you know these these do feel like henchmen in this movie at least in my opinion i i think using the word henchmen is actually very accurate when you think of henchmen like if you're playing a video game you're fu- like you're fighting waves of enemies like on easy and you just go through them like they, they do not feel like threats to born. Now, some of these guys have like the different colored shirt that designates they're a little bit harder than the than the guys of the same, you know, look, but just with the blue shirt, these guys have the black shirts, so you know, they're <laughs> sometimes those guys yeah. have like the shields they put up that you have to like do the different technique to break down the shield and mm-hmm. then you can hit them. Yeah, their their health bar starts blue, and then once you get the blue health bar down, that's when it goes to <laughs> that's when it goes to red, and then you can finally defeat them. When they start like, flashing, that then you know they're weak. It, right, exactly. So, um, I, I don't want to harp on these things. I mean, we joke this might be the shortest episode we've ever we, we've ever done as a group, but. You know, Rob, this is something that you and I talked about. I, I forgot what movie it was really like front and center in uh but we just talked about the fact that it was like it's not fun to just sit here and and rag on this movie because what is there to say like again what is there to say so i know that you guys harrison um similar to um the question that I proposed when we talked about the born legacy you, you did say that you had some notes and rob i know that you said you had some notes um is there anything in those notes that you know is plot related or anything that we haven't touched on because as far as the plot go goes there's really nothing for me to to talk about other than saying it's it's unnecessary and i just don't understand why this movie was made so i, I don't want to harp on that subject so uh harrison i'll let you go first is there anything that you have written down that you know, it, it expands on what we're saying here. Yeah, and it's that I thought, like, for a movie, uh, uh, the most modern Jason Bourne movie, I like that they were willing to have a lot of the movie and the conflict be about data and privacy and technology and how ma- that makes this entire discussion of surveillance and spying very different. And they wasted every moment of it. And on top of that, like, I I don't know if to say if this is racist or just on the nose, but like, this is the CEO for Google. Like, who the heck are do you want me to think Riz Ahmed is casted as? Like, are <laughs> like, what? Duh. I don't know. And it, it just I like had that bo- exact same thought. 
it just bothers me. The like from the casting to what they decide to do with this, what otherwise could be an interesting topic. I don't know. I, I just feel like it's entirely wasted. It's so funny you mentioned that because the, you know they go out and they actually mention Edward Snowden by name, and then they have a guy who's clearly standing in for Google, possibly Facebook, like and and we know that there's been surveillance being done through social media. We we know these things are happening, and it starts to introduce a very interesting idea that a lot of people have legitimate concerns on, and it's a conversation that was certainly raging in 2016 before we began to focus on some other things as, as a society. Um, and it really does feel wasted because those are some of the weakest parts of this. And it could have really been, you know, we praised Born Legacy for showing the ugliness of intelligence gathering and and what our intelligence agencies do and kind of makes you think about it a little bit but every time this movie could have had you kind of thinking about the ramifications for this and what it could have you know honestly if you if you look at um and i'm struggling i can't remember the name of it now but it's uh will smith is in it uh, he's a lawyer. Uh, the name is of the film is just completely. Uh, Enemy of the state. Enemy of the state. Thank you. That movie nails that conversation so well in ways that this film, you know, it starts to try to introduce the conversation and then immediately changes the subject. Now, I I feel like I'm actually going to go watch Enemy of the State. It's a better <laughs> movie than this one. Yes, yeah. it is. It's actually a really good movie. Harrison, Fantastic. have you ever seen that? I'm not going to get off on a, a complete separate topic, but haven't, but if you I just added it to my watch list. Yeah, I would. I would watch that. That was actually that was really, really good. Oh, yeah. Um, I kind of forgot about that movie until you mentioned like <laughs> hearing hearing you say like what the movie was about. It was it was able to just kind of pop back into my memory. But yeah, that was uh, that's just a really good point is that there's little tiny snippets of things that you're like, oh, OK, well, if you if you grab that, that's interesting. But instead you, you don't grab the branch that will hold your weight. You grab the twig that you just drop right down to the ground and break your arm. Like that's, that's what this movie does continuously. It, it reaches for something that will not support the weight that it's trying to hold. So, uh, Rob, did you have anything in your notes that we haven't discussed? You know, for as much as we've kind of dumped on this movie, I want to kind of point out something that I, I did like. And I, when when Nikki and Jason meet at the riot um, that's going on, from the moment they meet there until she's shot for the second time, that's the kill shot, I really feel like the tension that is building is is just well very well done it's kind of like a non-stop like just okay this is getting deeper this is getting deeper and and it really does build there and i feel like that segment of the movie at least in that segment is really fantastic storytelling and filmmaking um probably one of the high points of this of this film for me um even though some other parts of it really don't work well at all that to me was was really effective and I do want to call out the last fight, I think, is another just great example of the Bourne series use of just tight, brutal hand to hand combat that's based in reality and not fantasy fighting techniques. I mean, too often we see, you know, flipping back kicks and, you know, running off of walls and wire work. God, I hate wire work. Like if you're if you're not in a superhero movie or you're actually in the Matrix, do not ever use wire work in your action pieces Ever, ever, ever. They're awful. I hate them um, almost as much as I hate lazy screenwriting. Um, but it's just <laughs> it's grounded in reality. It's it's vicious. It's visceral. Um, and I really enjoy it, even if it's physically impossible to snap somebody's neck with your bare hands. Go ahead and go to your chiropractor. You can go anytime you want, because there is no human being who's ever been alive. Not even Arnold when he was at his Arnold list could have couldn't actually break a person's neck by just turning their chin a little bit like that. That can't happen. I, I will second your thought on that scene with Nikki. That is, 
very well done and you got to give credit where credit's due um uh, again that's a very well done a very well done scene they you know their chemistry has not changed from the first three movies i i thought they were very well to uh, they worked very very well together um you know it's just a shame that that equates for what five minutes of this over two hour runtime of pretty much just standing in place. Yeah, this is a bummer. Because so. I, will, I will say, well, I have serious problems with how that that opening, the opening of the movie's done, like that that motorcycle chase and the the uh, protesting that's going on. Like it's edited horribly. But what you're doing with the character of Nikki and Jason is interesting, and it's tense and like when she gets shot and it like holy smokes that's brutal and and then it's wasted and it amounts to nothing yeah that's i i think that sums up this movie perfectly (laughs) it it just basically equates to nothing at the end of you know the the title screen comes up and the credits roll and again you just kind of go all right well that was there that that's the best way I can sum up this movie is it exists, which is a shame. <laughs> like, yeah, what a bummer. So uh, any last points you want to make before we move into to recapping? I am good to go. I have nothing. All right. All right. We're going to move into popcorn time here. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll go first. And this one is very easily for me, the worst out of the series. Um, so I ranked this last out of all four movies and the lowest score by far uh, that I will give one of these movies. Uh, I give this two buckets on the popcorn time scale. Um, I am really not a fan of this movie. The, the two buckets is really just kind of for the fact that, you know, Jason Bourne was back and still even knowing what I know, it was cool to see Matt Damon in this role. Um, but you only get so many forgiveness points for that. So, uh, Rob, I'll let you go next. Yeah. Um, so this is, I've seen it once now. Um, and I'm going to, you know, yeah, you made a movie. Great. It's, um, it has a beginning it has a middle, it has an end. There's characters that come on, they say lions, there's uh, VFX. It gets added a little bit. Um, and then you roll credits and we get Moby. Um, so you made a movie. Congratulations. It's, it's three out of five, uh, buckets for me. It's the participation trophy of ratings. Um, you completed a movie well done. Um, to me to give it two is kind of like, well, I, I, I would actually have to dislike a movie at least mm-hmm. to some extent to give it to, I don't dislike this movie. And I say that acknowledging that if I were to rewatch this in the future, I could very easily see myself actually changing my rating to two and actually disliking it. But for my first time seeing it at the end of it, I was like, yeah, there's some cool action bits. You know, I'd like to having Jason back. There was some, some intrigue there. Uh, it wasn't perfect. And it certainly wasn't anywhere near as good as the first four and absolutely nowhere near as good as the first three. Um, so yeah, three buckets. So that leaves me. Uh, I give it, I don't even give it a bucket. I give it a small bag of popcorn. Wow. Wow. I, so you, way back when, you are not kidding that you do not like this movie. No, I hate <laughs> this movie. I, I, that little small bucket of popcorn is for Jason Bourne, or Jason, for Matt Damon's workout routine. Because when he first takes off his shirt, like, oh my gosh, how old is this guy? And he's absolutely bear like massive. And I, I can respect that. Like, and I can, and, and and it's also for the stunts and the action sequences and knowing that the second unit and the second unit director and the entire stunt team probably did some pretty cool things that sadly the editors decided they didn't want us to see. And uh, knowing that that exists, that it happened and that it was captured and was made, I can appreciate. But I do not like this movie. Like, like I just... There's nothing in the story that's worthwhile. It's totally wasted. It's a waste of character. And it's and it's a it's a disappointment for the entire genre because this is something really cool happening. Uh like this is a really cool genre, is what I meant to say. And you do absolutely nothing with it. And then the elements of it that are cool 
for the individuals that kind of pioneered the shaky cam, gritty action genre don't even know how to live in it anymore. And it's aggravating to me because it's like there are really cool sequences here that are wasted in bad editing and bad cinematography. So I don't like watching it at all. So instead of giving yeah. him buckets of popcorn, what he's given it is like half a bag of microwave popcorn that most of it is burned. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you've got a couple of, couple of pieces that you're like, all right, well, <laughs> eh, sure. Um, but yeah, it, it goes out with a whimper for Harrison, which is uh, it, which is a shame. So uh, I, I think you could just very easily, if you said, Hey, I'm going to rewatch these. You could just very easily say, all right, well, I'll watch the first four and you could just skip Jason Bourne and say to, to me, the story is like, it is more of a whole with the four of them than adding the fifth. So if I were to rewatch these again, I could totally skip this one. Yeah, I will so. skip this one. <laughs> All right. Well, that will do it. Um, this this might be a record for uh, a movie that we've done together. But uh, again, glad that overall I, I got to rewatch this series. It certainly changed my view, uh, changed my viewpoints on the Bourne legacy as it did with Harrison's. Uh, Rob got to see it for the very first time. Uh, which was cool. So uh, certainly glad we did this series. And Harrison, thanks for letting me kind of steal your ideas of the basement binge binging series. Anytime. Um, <laughs> so it, it was good to get this one. Um, but, you know, October, Rob, you talked about this in our, our recap of The Born Legacy. A, a lot of horror stuff and you know, zombie genre stuff coming to Macos the movies during this month, including uh, we're going to do Army of the Dead. Uh, we do have to get to our She-Hulk recap. Hopefully, Harrison, you can join. <laughs> I, I I think we do. I, I I think there's some. I think there's some very interesting things that happened in the finale. Yes. Do I think? Do I like them all? No. I I think. That'll be an interesting topic to see what happened in the finale if we actually see a change going forward. And mm -hmm. I think we're going to find out right away with Black Panther coming up in less than a month. Um, oh, wow. That is coming up fast. Yeah, November 11th. So I, I think if they if they truly met in Harrison, I'm. I'm not going to say any spoilers, but if, if I don't even some care of if you things, do spoil it, if you want to, yeah. If, if some of the things that were talked about in the finale, Rob, you'll know what I'm saying are actually things that Marvel has thought about. Then I do think we are on the verge of the MCU kind of getting back on track. Cause I, I think they really kind of called out some of things that fans have been talking about for years. Um, but we'll see what they do with it. It goes a bit meta at times. It's it's meta on protein powder. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll be interested, especially Harrison, if you can join us to to hear your thoughts on on what this did. Um, also, I will have an episode on Halloween ends coming out. Uh, we might might have coming up i know there's been a lot of work involved and it, it's much appreciated we might be able to get a resident evil video review um very soon to the show which was a lot of fun uh rob is working on that for me so um i have no clue what i'm doing on those so thank you to rob for putting that that piece together um which is really cool to do so rob i'm gonna give you a chance to recap the show for us and let listeners know where they can go to interact with this show and the basement binge, because hopefully Harrison, his schedule is very busy, but he did say he's got some stuff coming with episodes that were done. So Rob, take it away. Yeah. So uh, you, the listener 
Hi, how are you? I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if this is your first time here at Matt Goes to the Movies, uh, thank you. If this is not your first time and you're a repeat subscriber, uh, also, thank you. And uh, please tell a friend. Uh, Matt Goes to the Movies is easily the best movie-based podcast that you have not told your friends about yet. So go ahead and do that. Share it with a friend. Because every time I'm on social media, sooner or later I'll scroll through And I always see people that are looking for recommendations on new stuff to listen to. So you, the listener, tell them Matt goes to the movies and also tell them the basement binge. Great places to uh, get some really awesome content. Uh, I know that that really helps me. I've got about a 25 minute commute to work each way. And uh, podcasts are a great way to make that commute seem like no time at all. So uh, if you've enjoyed this, share it with a friend, please. And while you're at it, write the show an email mgttmpodcast at gmail.com tell us your thoughts on this particular episode the born series as a whole or any shows you would like to see in the future mcu rankings if you'd like um you know we talked a little bit about she hulk it's it's a show that's dividing opinions i've seen people praising it i've seen people dumping on it and everything in between so if you've got thoughts on that uh share it perhaps they will be uh discussed uh on our recap episode that's coming up uh halloween rankings if you got halloween rankings or just uh scary movies in general what's your favorites there's you know they keep churning these things out year after year they tend to be serialized so if you've got any rankings you want to share send them our way you can also check out the show on facebook instagram tiktok uh, Friendster, MySpace. Uh, I don't think we got those last two yet. Um, they might even still <laughs> exist now that I think about it. Um, but uh, look for those in all those places uh, and interact with the show because it's it's really a lot of fun to hear what listeners have to say on uh, on what we're talking about here. Yeah, and uh, I, I just want to add one thing there before we we close out. If for any reason you're the kind of person when you're trying to look for a podcast, the the character of the person matters to you. If you're wondering about that and you go to the basement binge, go listen to the Wreck-It Ralph episode. If character matters to you, go listen to that episode and tell me that Harrison is not a genuine good dude. It's an amazing episode. Um, very honest, very real kind of peels back a curtain for listeners. Um, and if you, if you listen to that episode and you don't like the show and you don't want to listen to more, I would be absolutely shocked. Um, because it's, it's an amazing episode and just shows you what kind of guy Harrison is. So I, I would, I would start with that one if you're looking for something. Well, thank you. That is extremely kind. Well, definitely. So listeners, thank you so much, Rob Harrison. Uh, so glad that we got to do this. I look forward to bringing a couple new episodes with you guys real soon. And listeners, we will see you real soon at Matt Goes to the Movies.